Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's an interview from the 2018 Code Media Conference. Wow, you just you gave him this, and I you want to just you want to give me. Was supposed to do that. He has the flu. Just Thank you so much for just handing that to me. Um, I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> I probably deserve it on some level. Um, so let's start talking about oath. Can you explain it to me at this point what you're doing? Because sure. I still don't get it. Uh, yeah, um, oath is really simple. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> On the consumer front end, it's a house of brands where we're trying to build uh, what are the deepest, most passionate kind of memberships to important areas of uh, human life. And on the, on the B2B side of it, we want to have one plugin for partners, advertisers, commerce people to basically reach those uh, audiences. So our, our hope is uh, in the future, you know, especially in the mobile world, that you'll essentially have a bunch of our assets loaded on your phone. Um, you'll interact with them, and, uh, and as a partner with us, that you'll basically uh, use those front-end consumer brands to reach the most important audiences in the world. And, and it's, uh, I realize from the outside, we spent a lot of time putting all these things together, but it's actually like a super simple strategy at the end of the day. Super simple in that you, you're offering essentially a Condé Nast kind of, here's our things, coupled with the technology platform. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's deeper than that. I think when you take the Verizon connection in, so you look at where 5G is going, where mobile usage is going, you know, we're in a very good position to basically have a super scaled platform that's uh, one of the largest direct-to-consumer platforms in the world uh, that directly goes from, uh, you know, what, what we produce or what we partner with directly to a human being on the other side through some of the fastest networks in the world. And I think that, the, 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 which I don't mind, the, the misunderstood part about our strategy is the platform delivery uh, strategy piece behind it. So I think on the surface, you could say it's a house of brands. It's, it's like a traditional media company. But I think if you dig one step deeper into it, you say, wow, it's the combination of uh, super powerful human brands that people love and super powerful distribution and, uh, you know, and global uh, overall. Tim, I'm confused about the distribution part. I get, I get that uh, Comcast has uh, you know, usually a monopoly, a duopoly, and, and so they have a lot of control over what comes to my house over the, the internet, right, or via cable. Mobile phones, I can, swap, I can use whatever handset I want, whatever wireless service I want. I have Verizon, but if I used AT&T, it'd have the same access to all your content anyway. What is the point of a wireless carrier making big investments in content? Yeah, I think it's a, a couple of things. One is uh, from a Verizon standpoint, you know, Verizon is one of the largest investors in sort of the capital of putting uh, network speed, network quality, and those things into the consumer landscape. And, you know, they're, gonna, they're distributing our brands. They're also distributing our competitors' brands uh, also. Um, so I'd say on the surface for a consumer and other carriers, there's a big opportunity for other carriers plus Verizon to basically be much better at media than they are today overall. So that, that's one opportunity to have a more sticky relationship with consumers, which you're, I think you're seeing in the wireless space in terms of the investments. The, the second piece is basically super serving the consumers with better data and information. And I think that uh, you know Verizon has a lot of uh, assets to bring to bear in terms of their relationship with consumers, um, but also really starting to understand how consumers interact on mobile. And one of the things we've seen since we did the original AOL Verizon deal and now that we've done the Yahoo deal to build uh, Oath, 
a lot of international carriers have reached out to us also. So, you know, there's many carriers across the globe that won't have the capabilities that Verizon and Oath have or Verizon Oath plus other partners. So we're going to be able to scale our services, not just to Verizon or not just to have AT&T customers use our stuff for free, but there's chances for us to bring content, advertising, and other services to other carriers as well. So I think we're at the, at the early, like, first, second inning of where the strategy is uh, overall. And, and I, I think your questions you guys have are the logical questions for where the carriers have been today. But I think if you go out a number of years, this is probably the start of a big Am change. I going to have to make a decision as a consumer? Well, I like HuffPost or I like Recode, but one of them is a Verizon service and one of them is an AT&T service? Uh, I, don't, I, I think that's doubtful over time. I think you'll be able to basically get the services across different wireless carriers. There may be cases where there is exclusive content on carriers or different distribution over time, but for the foreseeable future right now. Like you I guys just okay. did a big NFL deal, sorry, yeah. and right, so it, it used to be that if I wanted to watch the NFL on a phone, I had to have Verizon, right, or at least yeah. for free. And now you can watch it on, on any Verizon, uh, can you, Yahoo, whatever, yeah. any carrier. So that's great for the consumer. I don't see how it's good for you guys. Um, well, it's really good for us in, in one simple way, which is um, if you wanted to watch the NFL on mobile and you only had it on Verizon uh, before, that was a, a good deal for um, Verizon customers, theoretically, but really for what Verizon wants to build in the future, which is more ambitious, it's better for us to have kind of horizontal cross-platform rights. So right now, with our NFL deal, we're the only place that you can watch the broadcast games, in-market games, yeah. um, all with one simple asset, which is Yahoo Sports overall. So we've gone from, I'd say, a captured network to a captured cross-horizontal sports brand. What? And what? Yeah. Did you like that? <laughs> no, not even slightly. That was the day quill speaking. Uh, is, uh, it's... The, 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 the sports strategy is, is much broader than, um, than what it was before, I think. All right, Carol, that's, right. that's our last that's sports conversation. conversation. No, that's okay. Sports <laughs> is fine. Um, I'm still confused, um, and here's why. Uh, things have changed really drastically since you the AOL deal and then the Yahoo deal, yeah. and now you have AT&T possibly buying the assets of Time, uh, yeah. Time Warner, um, or Warner uh, and you have the Fox-Disney deal. Do you regret having bought, having bought what you bought, which was essentially Yahoo? Because things have changed drastically, and their their assets have declined. Yeah, no, I think actually, um, I think it will end up long term being an amazing um, set of assets. And here's the reason: is if you look at where the economy is going right now, and you look at what digital consumers are doing, and I, even the research that was just getting flashed up here on the screens before we came out. If you wanted to make, a, like I'm a huge believer in the first 5% of the strategy matters the most, like whatever the first 5% of your strategy goes, that's where the next 95% of the journey is. And if you today said you were going to start building a strategy in media, you know, I think there's kind of two different things that you would do. One is that you would aim directly at, at mobile uh, overall. That would be strategy point number one. Strategy point number two is to basically have services and brands on mobile that are super important. And I think our strategy, the Verizon strategy and O strategy, is, is so simple to be based on those two points. And if you look at what some of the competitors are doing, I, I, and I think I have a ton of respect for them, because I, I think there are some, I think Disney, by the way, Disney's deal with Fox and what Disney's done in the studio space, amazing. I mean, I think Bob Iger gets you know, MVP in the content space for, for, for his moves. Uh, in, in content, I think the AT&T Time Warner deal is a is a is a good move uh, by them. 
Um, I think our move heading towards digital, whether maybe heading a little bit more towards linear, I like our strategy longer term. Moving towards digital assets, you mean, not broadcast or... Yes, and, and, and the second piece which I would, I, I think is important is that, you know, content as a strategy by itself in the future of where things are going may not be enough. Um, and I think there's two additional things on top of content that are gonna be important. One is the utility aspect of content. How do you think about the utility stuff that you bring to content and the, and, the, and the services? And two is, how do you have more of like a membership mentality uh, overall? You're, if, you're, if your phone and the, uh, the resources you have in your house or in your car end up becoming on kind of singular software platforms, what are the services you deliver with content on top of that? So if you just froze today the industry landscape and said, look at what all the different players are doing, you know, I would argue in our case, Verizon has put together essentially the third largest digital media company in the United States for under $10 billion. The next closest valued company in our space is, you know, $400, $500 billion. And so, and if you look at the consumer trends, you'd say, wow, there's a mobile company, number three uh, media assets and, and, and scale assets in the United States uh, and big potential to grow uh, globally. And then you looked at the NFL deal we did, you looked at a bunch of the content stuff we're starting to put together, and you just took those two first 5% of the strategy, you went 95% out on our strategy, 95% out on other people's strategies, and you drew that picture, you know, we, we would be an interesting uh, asset set. All, all those assets got put together for one times revenue uh, overall, so I realized- So your argument right now is it was cheap. What? Is that right? It's, it was cheap to get them. Um, it's tremendous scale, was super reasonably priced, is in the centerpiece of where the economy is going from a digital standpoint and mobile. And uh, look, I think it's an interesting play. If you, if you could spend $100 billion doing something else or spend $10 billion doing what we're doing, you know, we have a reasonable uh, asset set. And by the way, if you ever do any more, I'm not, we're not doing any more deals right now, but if you did, you're starting with a billion consumers and 200 million registered can you, consumers. Can you get us States. up to speed on video and where you guys are thinking about that? When, when I asked you to come on last year, you were running Oath, and then since then, Marnie Walden, who was doing CMO and was doing a lot of the video stuff, is out. Um, you guys were doing a lot of stuff with Go90. It seems like that's changing. There was talk that you were going to launch your own um, linear TV service. Yeah. How do you guys think about delivering video and delivering live television to customers? Yeah, so we're... And also, how would you assess Go90? Yep. Um, so I would say the following. So what, what just changed recently is we essentially have taken Go90 into Oath. Uh, and we are taking Go90, and Go90's got a lot of partners. We're basically, with the partners, going through to, I would say, turbocharged distribution. So I think Go90... Well, why didn't that work in the first couple iterations? Yeah, how did it work in the first... Well, why didn't Go90 work in the first oh, couple iterations? I, I think Go90 you know, Go was a super ambitious project, which was essentially trying to start a uh, internet platform service for video from scratch. So I think you know, that comes with inherent risk. By the way, one of the first meetings we had when I went inside of Verizon, we were describing it. I had sent a note to the Verizon executives just saying, hey, look, I haven't been through a bunch of companies that have done big platforms in the past. It's highly likely we're going to step our toe a huge amount of times on the pathway here, so don't give up. You know, we got to keep keep going. So I think Go90 went through what I'd say are those normal um, iterations of doing it. I think the thing that we've tweaked and changed is Go90 basically went out and did a lot of content deals, and the content deals really matched with distribution is a super, super important aspect. So if you look at like even the Go90 sports deals, 
we've been able to now plug those into Yahoo Sports that have 70 million users a month. So you're taking great content on Go90, which was sort of off on its own uh, as, uh, as being distributed and now started to turn it into Yahoo Sports. So you're gonna see the Go90 strategy and library get folded into a much larger distribution strategy and I think you'll see a lot more scale there overall. So I think just being direct about it, Go90, um, super ambitious project. Um, you know, spent uh, resources on content and content deals, wasn't fully plugged into all the distribution, and that was just a co consequence of getting it up and running and then figuring out the distribution as with the Yahoo deal. Now those things are coming together, so I think everyone feels a lot more confident that the future of, of Go90 or those partnerships will probably turn into a much more meaningful video output for Verizon. So you well. just said offhand, we're not doing any more deals. If you, one of the things we, Peter and I had talked about was Twitter. For example, there's been people assume Twitter. Someone's going to buy Twitter at some right. point. Um, is that your assumption? Is that something you would be interested in? I mean, I How do you look at that? Aspect? Yeah, I, I, and let me just take a step back. I, I'm, I, we're not. I'm not actively doing any deals right now. Uh, Verizon. I'll let Verizon speak for themselves, but that Lowell's been pretty clear I think about them. That's what them. you told us before before the AOL Verizon deal happened, too. Though. No, I didn't tell you that. Yes, you did. Yeah, you but did. No, we're not going to. Uh, so. Uh, uh, by the way, I was, I was at the Super Bowl last weekend. Somebody was asking me, what's the most memorable uh, trip to the Super Bowl? And I said it was when we did the Huffington Post deal. And right. I signed it at halftime, and we did the interview with you the, yes, uh, the next did. morning. So I was yeah, just somehow Ariana tricked me into not reporting that immediately, right. but that's another uh, issue I have. Um, so anyways, I think Twitter, by the way, I, th I think they've done a, a really good job with their content strategy uh, overall. I think the platform is uh, you know, deep from a news perspective uh, overall, and I think Jack and Anthony is leaving, I know now, but I think they've Left. done a, a good job basically from where I think you know Twitter was in a position a couple of years ago where people were kind of questioning it and I think it you know it adds a lot of value um, in the world so I, I think from an asset standpoint it's, it's an interesting asset um, but uh, I wouldn't comment on what Twitter's going to do in the future. Uh, well, how would it fit in a Verizon? You know, would you look at it? I don't know but I'm sure you would have ideas. I do it. have ideas. But, um, I do. But I do. Uh, I, look I think the you know. The, the, you have a lot of news. What? We have a lot of news, yeah. And they yeah. do a lot of news. Yeah, and they do do a lot of news. So, look, the the first 5% of the strategy stuff, again, I think you, you have to look at the digital landscape right now. All the big moves that have been made the last 12 months in, in media overall, and I think there's, there's, a, there's a stampede for consumers right now and to stay with digital consumers. And you don't have to look you know, beyond that research presentation that was just put up to know that like, the, the future beachfront that people need to have is digital, period, full stop. Uh, and it's going to augment and help TV. So I think Twitter, there's a, there's a set of assets, there's a set of companies. You know, Twitter's in that landscape, and I, I think they have, a, they have a reasonable spot in that landscape, and they seem to be doing smart things. We spent most of yesterday talking about Google and Facebook. Everyone here knows how dominant they are. You've got this digital ad business. How do you compete against those two giants? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, again, I probably have a very different perspective on this in general. I think, one, the world's a really big place. I think Google and Facebook are doing a very good job. Uh, but I also, I think there's serious white space available um, around them. What, what aren't they getting that you can get? Uh, you know, I'm not going to go into details on it, but, but I, I would... I think there are different relationships with consumers that can be uh, put together, and uh, both in advertising and in commerce and in areas like that. And you know, again, I, I think they're they're doing a very very good job right now. 
Um, but uh, having lived through two or three of these cycles before, you know, generally, I think we're at the beginning of another cycle right now where you're seeing the ecosystem change from the carrier perspective, the OEM perspective, uh, the, the internet service perspective, the content perspective, and I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities to have more direct-to-consumer relationships over time. And I think that's our, if you, if you boiled our entire strategy down, it's DTC, and there's a big opportunity for us to really provide you know, more direct access with consumers to, to brands, to content, and, uh, and I, I, Google and Facebook are super strong, but I, I'm... What about the criticism of how they handle news and media? Um, you've sit, you sit by the sidelines of that, but you were at Google. Um, but right now, I think there's been a lot of, I wouldn't say bashing, because I think it's fair, the criticisms that they you know, undergone. I, I, I think there's different perspectives on it. I think if you take a consumer perspective on it in general, I think the consumers get a lot of value out of those platforms. And, and the reason, I mean, another saying I like is like generally when you see people get really upset, there's usually huge amount of value there. So the more you're seeing angst and anger at the Googles and the Facebooks and those things, you know, there's two ways to look at it. Oh my God, it's a total negative for them uh, overall. The second way to look at it is there's probably something super valuable there. And the fact that people are spending their time getting so upset about it means that there's probably a massive amount of value that they've been creating that is frustrating That's, that's an people. old Steve Case argument yeah. from AOL is, you, is it? you hate us so much you love us. What? I, well, I'm not, I'm not talking about our own service. I'm right. talking about theirs. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, look, here's my take on what's going to happen in the future of those platforms. Um, the, when Google did their Panda release, you know, back in uh, it was 2008, 2009, it basically put quality in the index. Uh, I think what Facebook's doing right now and what Mark is doing is put, he's putting quality in their, their kind of index. And I think that if you're a brand player in news and sports, information, entertainment, those things, this is only going to benefit you long term. And I think the pain that's happening short term in this right now is uh, there's a bunch of business models that got built on what I'd say is a uh, m you know, mile wide, inch deep type business models. And just at a human consumer value level, you know, consumers are not interested in mile wide, inch deep uh, relationships. And I think those platforms are going to continue to change more and more into deeper relationships with deeper brands and those things. So I, I, again, I'm contrarian on this probably, but I see a lot of the noise around Google and Facebook, and I think it's real noise and people are really in pain. But the question, everyone talks about that side of it. You don't hear many people talking about what the consumer benefit is um, on the other side of it. And I think one of the things in our industry that's an issue is that everyone is so publisher, publisher, advertiser, advertiser, that the consumers get left out of many of these conversations. And the question is, what does the consumer want? The consumer wants meaningful brands, deep relationships with those brands, and services. And uh, so while there's a lot of noise around Google and Facebook, our number one job as a company is to stay laser focused on the consumer. How do we serve them directly? How do we work with those platforms? But you know, I, I, don't, I don't get up every morning and complain about Google and Facebook because it's a waste of my time. Uh, my time needs to be spent on the hundred, uh, I'm sorry, the billion consumers we touch on a wide basis and the 300 million we touch at a super deep basis. It isn't part of your pitch though to advertisers, to publishers saying we can do something that these guys aren't doing yeah. for you. We can yeah. cut you a better deal. We can give you something you're yeah, not totally. getting. Let, let me, let me tell, yeah, let me tell you what we did. Last week we did Super Bowl Sunday. We had uh, most downloads we've ever had for Yahoo Sports, DTC, had record-breaking traffic on uh, Super Bowl for mobile. 
Monday, we started the Makers Conference in Los Angeles. We had uh, the Heiser Group 458% year over year in terms of uh, Makers uh, video engagement. Wednesday, we did the All Market Summit in uh, New York City for crypto for Yahoo Finance. Uh, overall, m Monday afternoon in Los Angeles, we were in the Board of Advisor meetings. Serena Williams is the co-chair of it. We had Russell Wilson, Carly Kloss, Abby Wambach, the uh, whole table load of people that are basically engaged in our strategy. I woke up this weekend, I read all the Keith Weed feedback from Unilever about saying, hey, I don't like how Google and Facebook are handling news and information, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was hoping the end of the sentence was going to be, thank God, Oath is in the world. Um, because if you... If it, you was, it wasn't. Did, I didn't hear him say that, no. but I'm sure. I think it got cut out of his quote yeah. at the end. But, uh, but, you know, the bottom line, if you're, if, you're, if you're complaining about what Keith Weed was complaining about this weekend or what Mark Pritchard from P&G complained about last year, this weekend, last year, um, with his manifesto he put out. If you go through those bullet points, that's oath. And uh, our, our job is to have the world's most passionate consumers on our platforms and other people's platforms serve them and then to have differentiation from Google and Facebook so for brand last advertising. Question, uh, uh, Lydia was on last night, who you hired. Um, yeah. She wants $50 million for more... Um, she said that on stage. She did indeed. Okay. Can you? Can you? Could, I met with Lydia this morning. I, that, she failed to mention that. When oh I, I well, went. she wants fifty million dollars. Do you? Do you think you should give it to her? Yeah, I think Lydia's. Uh, Lydia's uh, one of the most ta one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. I don't know. Is she here? She's right here She's in the front row. So, uh, so let me let me just say a couple things about Melissa Lydia. Melissa Etheridge. Uh, Lydia for for. Uh, He's going to filibuster for one. For one. No, I'm not going to filibuster, but Lydia, Lydia came into a really hard job at the Huffington Post, uh, which was to augment the strategy, um, really go deeper into news uh, and information, and really think about lifestyle. The Huffington Post is one of the, I think, the best news and information brands in the world uh, overall. And she had to step into the former founder leaving uh, and make a lot of changes there. Um, second of all, as Lydia happens to be like a super thoughtful media uh, executive in terms of understanding where the world's going, where humans are going, and where we should be going. And I, Lydia and I just spent, uh, I don't know how long, 45 minutes or so this morning you know, talking about it. Lydia can have a much bigger impact at the company. I, I'm, I, I'm a big believer in content, as you guys know, and a big believer, but more importantly, I'm a big believer in visionary talent. And uh, Lydia fits, fits that bill. And Caro, you're the one who, who uh, called me about Lydia uh, when we were thinking about what we were going to do next with the Huffington Post. for a talent fee. <laughs> oh, she, oh, she yeah. didn't mention that. Yeah. No, I just don't want to have to apologize uh, yeah. for doing that. We're being told Tim has a Tim, heart out. Should Tim, we give okay. the audience a real quick yes, question? Yes. Okay. Run, run to the microphone if you have a question for Tim. Hey, Tim. Janko Redgrass from Variety. Uh, you talked a little bit about the future of Go19. You said it's going to be folded back into Oath. I'm wondering what that actually means. Is that brand going to go away? Are you going to turn off those apps? Are you going to use the brand for something else? Yeah, so uh, uh, I won't comment on the, on the brand, but essentially the way to think about it is Go90 will be redistributed inside of the, the super large distribution uh, that we have overall. And uh, I'd say the way I would think about Go90 as a... Uh, content engine, content library, content partnerships that are now going to be super distributed. Uh, so I would say we had kind of two separate strategies before. Now we're going with, uh, with one strategy. There's a bunch of stuff that should be in the Huffington Post, a bunch of stuff that should be in Yahoo Sports, a bunch of stuff that should be in Yahoo Finance. Um, so you'll see basically the power of Go90 and those partnerships start to get distributed but at but scale. But will the brand remain? Uh, the, brand will, um, the brand will remain... Uh, 
I don't know how long for, but it, it, for now it's remaining. Yeah. Okay, that's a no. They're flipping out. Nope. I know they are. Ashley, get the last one. Super fast. Yep. Um, I have a lighthearted question. I might be the only person in this room who watches your morning show called The Morning Breath. And now we're talking. <laughs> it is the only oath content that I consume. Sorry to tell you. I Sorry. just wanted to know if you knew that you had this show because I, I, it's like very I'm, like young millennial okay. women and like what do you? Are you, you friends wanna... with the Oshries by any chance? No. I'm not. I like okay. love them on Instagram. So I'm I just like, I'm, what are you gonna do with that? Show. I'm going to tell you a lightning fast of how that show got started. Uh, basically, two and a half years ago, we were in my uh, where I sit, and I was saying to people, like, basically, we need to understand. We we should hire all the best social people in New York City and and uh, bring them to the office. And somebody in the meeting said, "Hey, you know, girl with no job um, works here." You know, and I said, "Who's girl with no job, by the way? And why she doesn't have a job? How does she work here?" And they said. Uh, <laughs> And so I said, grab her. So the, uh, so the Oshries, and it turned out she has three sisters that work at the company. So all the Oshri sisters uh, came in and uh, I met them. And on the spot, I said, could you guys build a brand over the weekend? Could you guys help us? How would you build a social brand over the weekend? Long story short, they showed up on Monday morning. This is on a Friday. They showed up on Monday morning. They had created two or three brands, massive social distribution over the weekend. Um, we then met Bryn Moser, who's the founder of Riot, uh, and a couple other people, and I then sat down with them and said, we're going to give you your own news brand. So we, they used to sit like a f 10 feet away from me, uh, and they all huddled there, launched Morning Breath. Uh, Morning Breath has taken off. They, and, uh, I think on average, they're getting 100,000 live viewers uh, a day on it right now. They've had... Uh, I just took them, they came to the Super Bowl with us and they did a live thing at the Super Bowl. They just had J-Lo on it and uh, A-Rod and, and uh, a whole bunch, Russell Wilson was on it. Um, very, and, it's very funny. I think you should give them $50 so way, million. Do you, it feels like a program that is built for mobile, built for the generation we are now. How good is the program on a one to 10 scale? It's like a seven. They could use some money, but it's, it's good. <laughs> I watch this it. Is like no, the like, most no, I mean, like, conference like you, could, you should invest in them. I think it's like a great Lydia. investment for you. So, I think they're very uh, funny. They'll take fifty. So I, I would just say that if you guys check out the Morning Breath, I, I think it's one of the most groundbreaking programs. And by the way, I'm going to separate us from some of the other internet players for a minute. The benefit of working at Oath, if you want to come work at Oath, is that we are very much into the creative of brand, of letting brands be brands, uh, and investing in those type of talent. Like my job as chief talent officer. The Oshry sisters are some of the most talented people I've ever met and worked with. I don't even know how old they are. They're probably somewhere between 20 years old and 30. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know how old they're? I have no idea. But anyways, they're incredibly talented, and the impact they're having uh, in the younger news generation is going to be meaningful. And I think if you look at what Lydia's doing at Huffington Post, which is global in nature, Morning Breath is doing it on, uh, on, on young people's phones. And... Uh, I can't say enough about them. They've done an amazing job. It's been a huge reason why we bought Riot. Having Bryn Moser in the building has been, uh, has been amazing, and, and it's just part of the, it's part of the content portfolio I'm excited about. But thank you for bringing yeah. it up, by the yeah. way. Thanks, Ashley. Right. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, and thank Tim. you for taking Dayquil by doing this. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Replay. If you liked it, then make sure to check out our other podcasts, Recode Decode, Recode Media, and Too Embarrassed to Ask. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. For full coverage of the Code Media Conference, visit recode.net.